Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome, everyone, to the Durrell versus Benavidez media conference call. Your host for today, Ray Flores, you may now begin. Thank you very much, operator, and to the media joining us around the world as we are very excited. We are just under two weeks away until we have our mega event with Errol Spence going head-to-head against Sean Porter. Welterweight unification is on the line. That all comes away on Saturday, September 28th. It is a Fox Sports PBC pay-per-view from Staples Center in Los Angeles. Uh, what a main event, but we have a sensational co-main event and a loaded undercard. Coverage begins 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 Pacific time. And today we're going to be joined by fighters that are going to be involved in the co-main event, which we'll see the WBC Super Middleweight Champion of the World, Anthony the Dog Durrell, taking on the former unbeaten world champion, David El Bandera Roca Benavides, also in action and who will be participating in today's call. Unbeaten rising sensation, Mario El Azteca Barrios, will collide against fellow unbeaten, Batir Akhmedov, for the WBA Super Lightweight Championship. Tickets are going quickly. They are still available and it's being promoted by Man Down Promotions, TGB Promotions, Sean Porter Promotions. They're available at AXS.com. Before we get an opportunity to hear from the fighters, let's talk to one of the hardest working men in entertainment. He is the president of TGB Promotions. TGB has had a, another tremendous year promoting events all over the world. Please welcome my dear friend, a man who knows boxing talent more than anybody, Mr. Tom Brown. That's why I love Ray. Thank you, Ray. And thanks, everyone, for joining us for this conference call today. What I believe will be an extremely exciting night of boxing, all presented by Premier Boxing Champions on pay-per-view. And you know it's a big fight when you have it at the Staples Center, the home of big-time boxing. We have a spectacular undercard, and there's going to be nonstop action and a lot of excitement leading up to the highly anticipated welterweight unification bout. With veterans like Josecito Lopez and John Molina, opening the pay-per-view portion of the show, an unbeaten Mario Barrios taking on the unbeaten Batar Akhmadov for the WBA super lightweight title, and WBC champion Anthony Durrell against the unbeaten former champion David Benavides. Any one of these fights could easily steal the show. So it's going to be a great night. I'll throw it back to Ray, and thank you again. Thank you very much to Mr. Tom Brown. Always working hard, but we greatly appreciate you know, his time, he's very excited, as is the rest of the world. Now, with today being Mexican Independence Day, I think it's only fitting and apropos that we have one of the biggest Mexican stars in the sport here to kick off today's call. Uh, David Benavides has been quite active. He was on hand at yesterday's huge festival here in Los Angeles celebrating the holiday and was a tremendous hit with the crowd, a greedy fan, signing autographs, taking photos. He is just 22 years of age, super, former super middleweight world champion, trained by his father, Jose Benavides. They have tremendous chemistry with one another, certainly a winning formula. And talking about that winning formula, he was the youngest super middleweight world champion in history when he won the championship in 2017 by defeating Ronald Gavril, most recently having come off of a very impressive second-round stoppage over Jay Leon Love. That was as the co-main event of Fox PBC pay-per-view back in March. He's undefeated, 21-0, 18 wins, coming by way of knockout. Originally from Phoenix, Arizona, 
now training in Southern California. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome one of the fastest rising stars in boxing today. Here is David El Bandera Roja Benavides. David. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it doing? Um, I want to thank you guys for inviting me to be on here. And um, first of all, I want to say happy uh, happy Mexican Independence Day. You know, uh, we always expected to see rain yesterday, and uh, I'm just uh, happy to see the gang and all the people celebrating Mexican Independence Day. And, uh, the fight is less than two weeks away, probably the biggest fight of my life, and I'm just very excited to be here in this position. Thank you very much, David. Now we're going to go in ahead and open up to the media if they have questions for David Benavides. And as David pointed out, it is Mexican Independence Day. So many great fighters have fought around the holiday. And lo and behold, David is looking to make a statement on September 28th. And now to the media for questions. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question at this time, please press star 1. If you have a question at this time, please press star 1. Waiting for callers to join the queue. Our first question comes from Carlos Toro with the Fightful News. Please go ahead. Thank you, David. Thank you so much for for hosting us on this media call. David, you know, it's been a year, almost a year, since the positive drug test result came out, and you certainly owned up to it, and you're now back into this position where you're fighting for a world title. What about you has changed between a year ago when you failed the drug test and now? You know, what's changed is that, you know, I'm, just getting, I'm getting older, I'm more mature. You know, I feel like the situation did more good to me than bad. You know, and it's made me uh, realize that everything could be lost. Uh, you know, with, with over a day, you know what I mean? So um, it took, definitely took that to mature me and see that I'm not going to, you know, work my whole life, have my whole life's work taken away over one, you know, one wrong, uh, one error. So, you know, I'm, I'm more dedicated, you know, I'm, I'm going to value things way more, you know, and this is this is just a fight I want to well, He's a great fighter. He's a champion. I take nothing away from him. But I need these, these fighters to be you know, so I feel like, you know, I'm older. I got, I'm stronger than last year. I'm faster than last year. I'm smarter. You know, my boxing IQ is higher. And, um, you know, when I'm put in, when these, in these type of situations, you know, I, I never feel, you know, I just, the best comes out of me. You know, this is my second pay-per-view fight uh, that I'm going to be a, a, a co-headlining. And I'm just, this is where I want to be on my whole life. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to take full advantage of this situation. Our next question comes from Robert Rehar from the Magenta, Los Angeles. Uh, yes, hello. Uh, Feliz uh, Dia Independencia. Uh, my question to you is, what would the Los Angeles fans would look forward to come to see you on Saturday? What would they see different uh, from you against uh, Daryl that they didn't see in the first fight? I've never fought Anthony Daryl in the first fight. That's the... This is my first time fighting at three to row. You know, but the fans could ex- could expect to see me, you know, the same David Benavides as I always see, you know, um, exciting to watch, you know, hard puncher, you know, I'm going to make it a war. You know, if Anthony Guerrero doesn't want to make it a war, you know, I'm going to make it a war. I'm going in there, I'm looking for the knockout. You know, I'm basically finding my own backyard, so I'm going to make my people proud with this fight, and it's going to be a hell of a fight. Anything you would like to say to the fans that are going to come to see you from Los Angeles? Yeah, um, you know, it's basically, like I just said, I'm finding my own backyard. You know, I have a lot of friends here, a lot of family here, a lot of people that support me. You know, there's a lot of Mexican people here. So, you know, I'm definitely going to be, this fight's going to be for them, you know, um, and it's going to be an amazing fight, and I'm going to I'm gonna try my best to not grow up. Can you give us a prediction? What? Can you give us a prediction? Yeah, I just told you my prediction. I said I'm going to try to knock Anthony Durant out. So, you know, um, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to give him a home. It's going to be a hell of a fight. Anthony Durant is my pushover. So, um, I'm going to do my best to knock Anthony Durant out, like I said. Well, thank you for your time, and I'm sure all the fans will be cheering for you. Thank you. Our next question comes from Carlos Toro from the Fightful News. 
Hey, David. Uh, sorry, uh, I was kind of cut off for a little second, but you know, the last time I spoke to you was actually in a media call from the from your last fight against Jillian Love, and you mentioned how you know you never really felt like you you know you never truly lost the title because you know you never lost it in the ring. Now, when you saw Anthony Durrell win the title, what did it make you feel? Did you feel like maybe he was not truly the champion and it made you all the more hungrier to show Durrell that you are the rightful WBC champion? Definitely. You know, I, I felt it as soon as he fought for the belt in February because I had fought, was it two or three weeks after that? So, you know, it was very hard just to go through that, seeing him win a title that was mine. But, you know, I – you know, um. I, he's the real champion, you know, he fought for the vacant title, so I'm not going to take that away from him, but knowing that that was my belt that I have, you know, I'm just coming in this fight very hungry, very motivated, you know, I have about three, three and a half months training, you know, so I'm, I was very focused for this training camp, you know, so I'm just, this is the best David Benavides you guys are ever, that you guys are going to see, um, that you guys have seen, actually, so um, I'm very excited to go in there and give a great fight and get my title, but... <laughs> Thanks, David. Best of luck on September 28th. Thank you, brother. Our next question comes from Jeremy with fansided.com. Hi, David. Um, looking over the last couple of years, you've had one fight in 2018 and now one in 2019. Do you feel like um, when you made your return bout against Jaylee Love that, that any ring rust was there that you knocked off? Was it enough time to really knock it off, or do you feel like really had to, to get that experience through through your sparring sessions? You know, I, the, with the last fight, when I fought uh, Jay Lee on Love, I wanted, I'm not going to lie to you, I wanted to get at least at least five fights, at least five, I mean five fights, uh, and at least five rounds in, you know what I mean? But I'm not going to complain for knocking the guy out early. But I, I've had so much sparring in this training camp and in the last training camp. I, for this training camp, I've had like a, over, at least over 200 rounds sparring. So, you know, I feel like, Everything's gonna. Everything came into place. You know, everything is going really good, and I'm just gonna be extremely ready. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna try to. I'm not gonna kill myself over the of the round because I didn't get enough rounds for the last fight. You know, this is. I know exactly what I'm stepping into. We have an amazing game plan, and I'm just like I said, I'm just ready to go. As far as um, some of the sparring that you've done, obviously the the video with you and Sean Porter has has gone viral. Was that more to help out Sean, or or did you feel like he was offering you something in the sparring that you were getting something that was useful to you as well? I mean, definitely. If you're a great fighter, you could you could find things to try to help yourself. Obviously, I'm bigger than Sean Porter and heavier than him, so I wasn't trying to kill him. But the thing about Sean Porter that makes him so good is that he's a very good pressure fighter. You know what I mean? So me, what I was trying to do, I was trying to use a little bit more of my boxing skills, you know, just to work work on that. In case I have to use that in the fight for Anthony Durrell, so you kind of have to see in what areas you you're not uh, you have to work on yourself on. So I was definitely using uh, I was boxing around a little bit, you know, trying to stop him with my jab, you know, throwing a lot of jabs, so that we that we both definitely walked away with something uh, something good in that sparring session. Uh, final question. Obviously, there's been a lot of chatter. Uh, between Caleb Plants and, and 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 you back and forth, is it hard to block out the surrounding noise from a guy like Caleb Plant to focus on an Anthony Durrell, or is that something that that you're used to and 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 you just deal with it when time comes? I mean, to be honest, I don't hear any chatter at all. I just hear you know some people saying that that would be a good fight. I mean, him personally, he doesn't he doesn't tell me anything, and I don't hear anything from him. So you know, it's not hard to block something out when I don't hear anything to start off with. You know what I mean? It's and but it's the same thing as him as everybody else in the division. Caleb Plant, you know, Anthony Durrell, Colin Smith, there's all these all these fights are great fights to be made, you know what I mean? And um it's not like I it's not like it's hard for me to block these fighters these uh these guys out. You know, I just I just do what I'm supposed to do. I just train, you know, um prepare for each fight that I have. So um yeah, it's not it's not hard at all. It's not like I hear him all day, but you know, just when those fight when it's time for those fights to be made, it's gonna be made. Great, thank you very much, David, and best of luck. Thank you. Our next question comes from Gail with Communities Digital News. Please go ahead. Good afternoon, folks. Uh David, I've seen video of you out this weekend at Fiesta Patrias and 
the fans seemed very excited to see you, especially some of those kids. Um, how important is it for you to make this effort? I mean, here you are training, the fight's coming up. You probably could have used a day off, and but you're out with them. What What's that about to you? You know, it's um, it's not only just for me. You know, at the end of the day, when I fight, it's for the fans. You know, it's for the culture. You know, it was a big, uh, big celebration yesterday with you know Mexican Independence Day. Um, they were celebrating that yesterday, and then they asked me if I wanted to be there, if I wanted to go sign some pictures for some fans. You know, we ended up giving away some free tickets and shirts, and I said, yeah, you know, um. I'm I'm in a position right now where I'm just blessed that people like to see me. You know, what I mean, I when I was younger, I didn't really think I was gonna get to this point, but I've gotten so much love. You know, not only from uh from the fathers, but you know, from the kids, the mothers, they everybody. You know, um, they like to see me and they support me. So definitely, as much as they support me, I'm gonna go and support them. And I have no problem with signing. You know, we signed a lot of pictures yesterday. We signed, we took a lot of pictures, gave a lot of shirts up. You know, so it's very important to me. You know, just uh. Just so I could be out there, you know, and they could see, they they know that I'm out there, and they know I'm not going to be that type of boxer that's hard. It's never going to attend these events. I'm always going to attend these events, you know what I mean? Because I feel like it's very important to show the fans and the community that I'm out there for them, just like how they're there for me. So it's it's very something. It's, it's, it was very it was a very special day for me yesterday. It looked like a lot of fun. I'm sorry I missed that. How important yeah. also has it been this last year? when you've been out of the ring, to have your family around you, being a boxing family that understands what it's all about? It's very important. You know, me and my dad, we would, uh, when I was out for a year, you know, because we had, we we boxed our whole lives, you know what I mean? So when we got suspended for a year, we just, we really didn't know what to do with our, with our time. Obviously, we trained, but it's like, when you're training and you don't have anything coming up, you know, you just train, you go home, you talk about, you know, the mistakes that led you to that point. And I feel like, you know, I've matured a lot from, from that point, you know, just talking to my father, my father being around me, supporting me, my family supporting me through this whole uh, situation. And, um, you know, I feel like I'm very grateful just to have my family there with me, you know, always supporting me. And um, this is, at the end of the day, this is what I do it for. You know, I don't just do it for me. You know, I do it for my family. You know, obviously I do it for my uh, legacy when I get older, too. But um, I put my family before myself uh, every time. So, um, I mean, everything that's good for me is good for them. And, you know, I just I'm, I'm very appreciative that they're there, they, that they're there supporting me no matter what. Thank you so much. Best of luck to you in two weeks. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question at this time, please press star one. If you have a question at this time, please press star one. Our next question comes from John Cutney with Reddit Boxing. Please go ahead. Uh, hi, David. So uh, you've been pretty vocal that you're gunning for the knockout in this fight. Just wondering if you can talk about what gives you that confidence. Anthony Durrell has been in with a lot of very good fighters. He's never come close to getting knocked out. So just if you can speak speak about your confidence in this fight and also related if you view this as your toughest challenge to date as a professional. You know, I, um, I feel like, you know, I'm 22 years old, but everybody sees everybody sees my strengths. You know, uh, they know I'm, I have a good speed. You know, I'm very strong. I mean, I feel like with the, with the confidence I have right now and my power, I feel like anybody who I hit, it don't matter who it is, you know, it could – I'll hurt them, you know. Um, I've trained very hard for this fight. You know, I have three and a half months. You know, I haven't slacked on anything. My diet has been very good. My recovery has been very good. My, you know, my strength and conditioning has been excellent. You know, so um, all these factors have given me so much confidence in, in, in my abilities. And also what gives me a lot of confidence is, you know, knowing that Anthony Durrell hasn't been stopped, knowing that nobody's knocked him out. You know, so I want to push myself to the I want to push myself to the absolute limit and do something some something that not everybody has done. Anthony Durrell has never been hurt. He's never been knocked out. So you know, um, imagine what that's going to do for my confidence if I'm the if I'm the only one who knocks Anthony Durrell out. You know, if I knock him out in this fight, that's what just keeps me going because I know I can. I know whoever I put my hands on, I can hurt. It don't matter who it is. And I could do it in a variety of ways. I could do it from body shots. I could do it from head shots. I could do it from liver shots. I could do it. I could. I could do everything. You know what I mean? So, coming into this fight, I know what I could do, and I know 
and I, I know who I've been there with. He has a lot of experience, but I also have a lot of experience too. I'm 22 years old, and I've been professional for almost seven years now. I've been in big fights. I've been in, in, in you know, 12-round championship fights. I've fought, you know, um, um, great contenders. You know, um, so as much experience he has, you know, I have as well. And um, I know I know I can hurt him. I, ju- I just know I can hurt him. You know what I mean? So it's it's not it's not of a matter if I can hurt him, but it's a matter of when I'm going to hurt him. You know, so I'm just I'm extremely ready. You know, I just this camp couldn't have gone any any more better, and it's just it's in a you know a pay per view card in Los Angeles at the Staples Center. You know, so the stakes can't be any more higher, man. I'm just I'm just ready. For this. Well, thank you very much. As a quick follow up question, so you know, as you mentioned, you're only 22. There's sort of a rule of thumb in boxing that fighters. Uh, sort of a conventional wisdom that fighters start to develop their man strength much later, even when they're, say, 25, 26. Um, since we have seen you in the ring when you were, you know, even younger than this before your suspension, I mean, are we going to see a, a a stronger, more developed, you know, are you still developing the gym? What do you have to say about that topic? Oh, definitely. That's why I'm so, I'm so, you know, I'm so confident for this fight because, you know, just in the sparring sessions, man, you know, I've been – this camp alone, I felt the strongest I've ever felt in my whole camp, in my in my whole life. You know what I mean? That's that's why I know when I'm gonna catch Anthony Durrell, I'm gonna put him away because I just I feel extremely strong. I've been, you know, this, these past couple of weeks. You know, last week I did 15 rounds in sparring. I think I, it was last Friday I did no 16 rounds in sparring with four different guys. You know, so I know I'm ready for this. You know, this is the strongest I've ever been in my life, and you know I just can't wait. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for your time, and uh, good luck next week. Thank you, Bob. All right, at this time, David, we know you're very busy and continue to prepare for September 28th, your matchup against Anthony Durrell at Staples Center. That'll be the co-main event of the pay-per-view event here in Los Angeles. David, if you have any final thoughts as you continue your preparation. You know, um, I just want to thank everybody, you know, for the opportunities. Um the opportunities I've been put in, you know, especially Al Heyman, Samson Lukowicz, especially my father, Jose Benavides, everybody's been there in the corner with me. Even after those mistakes were made, they still treated me. They still treated me really good. You know, nothing has, nothing has, nothing has changed. And um, like I said, this is the biggest fight of my life. Fighting at the Staples Center, and I can't wait. And and I guarantee you, there will be a new WBC World Champion come September 28th. And thank you so much for everything. Thank you very much to David Benavides. We greatly appreciate it, and we look forward to seeing David during fight week next week. Now let's turn our attention to one of the undercard bouts that will be on the pay-per-view, as don't forget we are only 12 days away from Fox Sports PBC pay-per-view from Staples Center. This young man has an impressive record. He's undefeated 24-0, 16 wins coming by way of knockout. He's continuing the great tradition of Mexican-American fighters from the state of Texas, another rising star looking to break into the title ranks. He's a top 140-pound contender. He has went ahead and rattled off eight straight knockout victories since moving up here to 140, most recently having knocked off and knocked out Juan Jose Velasco in two rounds in May back on Fox, and he's going to fight his toughest challenge to date, in the fellow unbeaten Batier Akhmedov. He's undefeated 24, no 16 wins coming by way of Naga. Training in the Bay Area under the guidance of esteemed trainer Virgil Hunter. Please welcome from San Antonio, Texas, the undefeated Mario El Azteca Barrios. Hey, how's it going, man? Uh, appreciate you guys having me. Mario, if you have any opening comments as to how training camp has been and your excitement level as you build towards Saturday, September 28th. Yeah, I mean, I feel, you know, of course, as a fighter, every training camp, you know, feels like the best one. But, I mean, this one, you know, really, I mean, it's been a, a great camp. You know, we, we left no stone unturned, you know, during this preparation for this fight. I'm aware, you know, this is my biggest opposition to date. And, um, I mean, I'm excited to be competing, you know, for the vacant WBA world title. Now, if we have the medium that has, if they have questions for Mario Barrios, now is the time, and we will open it up for questions for Mario Barrios. 
Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question at this time, please press star 1. If you have a question at this time, please press star 1. Our first question comes from John Whistler with the San Antonio Express News. Please go ahead. Mario, how you doing? Hey, John. Good, uh, good hearing from you. I just was wondering, from the moment that, that this fly has been made um, to now, uh, what's been going through your head? I mean, has it been uh, in like a dream? Are you, has it sunk in that you're actually fighting for a title? Yeah, it's definitely uh, sunk in. I mean, you know, which is why, you know, we, um, you know, we really made sure, you know, we've done everything in this training camp, you know, in preparation for this fight. I'm uh, I'm well aware, you know, of the opportunity, you know, I'm facing, you know, I'm well aware of the the guy I'm going to be facing, you know, come fight night. And um, so, I mean, if anything, you know, it's been a lot of motivation. Um, it hasn't been no pressure whatsoever. Um you know, I mean, I promised San Antonio a world title a long time ago. And, um, I mean, that opportunity is now in front of me. And, um, I mean, nothing is going to get in the way of that. You expect nerves to be a problem. You've, you've been on some big cards and some big venues. Uh, are you doing anything special to battle the nerves? Or do you expect that to be a problem come fight no, night? No. Uh, I don't feel no nervous going into this fight. You know, I've uh, competed, you know, on some of the biggest fight cards, you know, with PBC. Um, this is my third time returning to the Staples Center. It's always, you know, always, it's always a great turnout there, you know, especially, you know, with the Mexican-American fans and just boxing fans in general. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward, you know, to being a very packed night there. But, um, I mean, no, again, no nerves going into this fight. I mean, it's, Nothing's going to stop me, you know, from uh, from going into the fight and um, and dominating the way that we've been preparing. Well, one one more thing: what would winning this title mean to you and to join that select group of San Antonio World Champions? Oh uh, man, it's one of the biggest, um, I think, accomplishments and uh, biggest honors, you know, for me. You know, like I said, you know, taking a world title back to San Antonio. Being, I think, you know, only the fifth person, you know, in San Antonio history that's been able to do that, and um, I mean, yeah, so it's it's gonna be an an indescribable feeling. But you know, the first thing is first, and I have to go out there and take care of business uh, next Saturday. Okay, thank you. Thank you, John. Our next our next question comes from Jeremy with FanSided.com. Please go ahead. Hi, Mario. Thanks for taking the time to talk. Um, obviously being in the super lightweight division, it's loaded with talent, whether you're talking Jose Ramirez, Josh Taylor, Pro Gray, and the list goes on. For for maybe some of the people that aren't familiar with you, what do you think um, stands out about your style of fighting? What do you think you bring to the table that's going to catch people's eye? I, um, you know, Jeremy, I think, uh, you know, I mean, not being full of myself, but I think I could call myself, you know, an uh, all-around fighter. And then, I mean, you know, given my size in this division, you know, I'm, you know, one of the biggest probably um, currently. And, um, I mean, you know, I I use my size to my advantage. You know, I can box very well on the outside. Um, you know, I can uh, – I work well off my jab. But, you know, also, you know, growing up, you know, in Texas and uh, having, you know, a good amateur background as well. I mean, growing up, you know, I really learned how to fight on the inside, you know, just very uh, – you know, very, I guess you would say Mexican style, you know, where uh, I would brawl, you know, so I'm able to box and brawl, you know, if, when people ask me about my style, I tell them I'm a boxer puncher. I mean, because, you know, I also, I mean, I'm not just a power puncher, you know, my last uh, eight fights have been stoppages, but, you know, it's not like I'm just going out there and just winging shots and just, you know, catching, you know, lucky shots. Every fighter that uh, I've stopped, you know, they've been stopped in, you know, different ways, you know, with different punches. So, I mean, um, I think, you know, this fight is going to continue, you know, to show you the boxing fans, you know, um, about my presence, you know, in my division and just, you know, in the in the sport alone. You uh, you talked about your size. I mean, you are you are large for, for the division. Um, Akhmedov is, is obviously several inches smaller. You're going to have um, height on him. You're going to have reach. Do you find that, that those size, those measurables make a difference when you're in fight? Do you feel 
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. An advantage when you have um, a height advantage or a length advantage. I know some people say that they don't feel one. Do you feel? Does that make? Do you feel more empowered having a size advantage? You know, um, actually, I mean, I would always, you know, prefer fighting somebody, you know, that was closer to my height. Um, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, when I was early in my pro career, I would fight some guys that were like, they were real short, you know, almost too short, and. Um, that, that actually presents a lot of trouble a lot of times, but I mean, Akhmedov, you know, he's a, he, he's a good height, you know, he's not too short, you know, not too tall, uh, you know, so I mean, whether, you know, I'm fighting on the outside or, you know, or whether it, it becomes, you know, an, a very busy inside fight, um, I'm, I'm ready for either one of those. Great. Thank you very much. And, uh, best of luck to you. Thank you, Jeremy. Our next question comes from John Cutney with Reddit Boxing. Please go ahead. Hi, Mario. So, you, as you've already discussed, you know you're on a great knockout streak. I know. I'll just say earlier, early in your career, when I saw some of your early fights when you were very young, I, I didn't know what to make of you. But again, you're on the safe fight knockout streak. You really seem to gather a lot of momentum. I'm just wondering if you can talk about what the last few years of your career have been like if it was just a maturation process if everything has sort of started to click in your style or you know you did just need a certain amount of time to develop in your career yeah i mean um you know i think it's a it's a combination you know of, of everything um i mean of course you know i mean when i first started i was 18 years old when i turned pro and uh, i turned pro at 124 so you know i was very uh I was very new. Uh, I was just most of my fights, you know, just going out there, just you know, depending on you know my length and power, you know, to uh, to stop fighters. Where you know, as opposed to now, you know, I really, especially under the guidance of Virgil Hunter, I really you know gained um, an insight, you know, to all all of the little things that matter in this sport, you know, which um, I mean, you know, work, when I started working with Virgil about three or four years ago. Um, it really showed me a lot, you know, because he was able to take me to that, you know, to that next level, you know, that that world championship stage, you know, which is where we're at. So, I mean, um, I, you know, I think just time, you know, now, you know, being with Virgil and, um, I mean, just, you know, maturing overall has been, you know, the biggest factors for me. Okay. So, uh, one more question. So, your opponent, Akhmedov, is only 7-0. and and over the last, you know, t- 10 or 15 years ago, that might have seemed crazy for him to be fighting for a title. But over the last few years, we've seen a rise of Eastern European fighters, you know, some of whom come in guns blazes early in their career, like Lomachenko, fight for a title early on to have some success. Other fighters, not so much. So just wanted if you can give your assessment of Akhmedov, you know, um, you know, in general and, you know, being, again, an Eastern European fighter with relatively so few fights. Yeah, um, you know, Akhmedov, he has an an impressive amateur resume. You know, he has that experience coming in with him. But, you know, for, um, well, you know, one of the first times going into a fight, you know, I'm actually, you know, the, the veteran. So, I mean, um, of course, you know, I mean, the pros and amateurs, you know, they're two different ball games. And uh, come fight night, I'm going to use everything that I've, you know, I've learned in my past 24 fights. And uh, I'm going to put everything to use. Again, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm overlooking Akhmedov, you know, I'm expecting, you know, the the best version of, of him, you know, that uh, has possibly ever showed up. But, um, I mean, like I said, I mean, I've had a great camp. Uh, I know I'm ready, um, given any kind of fight that he wants.
Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, good luck with uh, your remaining preparations. Good luck next Saturday. Appreciate it, John. Our next question comes from John Whistler with San Antonio and Express News. Please go ahead. Hey, Mario. It's John again. Um, have you by any chance, I know you said you had kind of a relationship with John Michael Johnson. Uh, has he talked to you about uh, fighting for a world title? Have you talked to him lately at all? Um, no, I haven't spoke to him um, in a while. I mean, just, you know, aside from, you know, little comments that, you know, that he will post, you know, on um, on anything I post. Uh, but, you know, I mean, he, uh, he, he gets his support, you know, which, I mean, means a lot, uh, especially coming from, you know, just, you know, my hometown. All right. Is your family going to be out there? Will Selena be out there? I imagine they will be. Yeah, every everybody, um, all my family, my sisters, my parents, they're all going to be there, you know. And then, um, I mean, even, you know, just a lot of friends and family, they're flying in for the fight. Uh, about how many do you expect? Uh, there's, there's quite a bit. I mean, um, it's it's hard to even say. Well, with, with Akhmedov being 7-0 and and there's been some people maybe questioning – the legitimacy of this title, the WBA uh, gives out like three titles per division. Uh, does that bother you at all that, that people say that maybe this isn't that, that legitimate? No, I mean, it doesn't bother me at all. You know, um, I know my, my placement, you know, in, uh, in my division. And um, I know this fight, you know, it, it is a world title. And it's just going to, you know, propel me, you know, even closer, you know, to fighting, you know, their, their current champions. Has this been your, your goal, your dream? Since when did you start fighting as, a, as an amateur? Um, I started boxing when I was six years old. Uh, as soon as I turned eight, I started competing. So, I mean, um, it's always been a dream, you know, but now that I'm here, uh, it feels surreal. But again, you know, I'm gonna take this uh, this opportunity. Um, you know, like I said, there's nothing that's gonna get in the way of, of me in this world title. That that surreal feeling will probably dissipate once you get hit sat, uh, a week from Saturday. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, of course, no, no doubt. Once you get punched in the nose, everything goes out the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And that's when all, all, all the work falls into place. Yeah. Thanks, Mario. Good luck to you. Thanks. Our next question comes. Our next question comes from Carlos Toro of Fightful News. Please go ahead. Hey, Mario. Thanks so much for being on this call. You know, you mentioned in the past, you know, that there would probably come a point where you might have to think about moving up to 147 pounds, but that time hasn't arrived yet. And, and I wanted to ask, you know, is this fight being for the WBA title, was that sort of, you know, incentive for you to try and stay at 140 pounds a little longer, or was that not always the plan to stay at 140 pounds through the rest of the year? Um, you know, that, that was um, that was my plan originally, you know, with the move up, uh, you know, to, um, you know, try to dominate and, and um, you know, to try to fight for as many of the world titles, you know, as I possibly could. You know, right now I'm, I'm still making the weight uh, comfortably. I mean, so, I mean, that, that goal, you know, is going to remain the same. I mean, um, I mean, there's no doubt, you know, I'm going to move up to, you know, Walter weight eventually. But, um, you know, that, that time, it, it isn't now. You know, in this very, you know, very loaded division that has, you know, as it was mentioned, Regis Progray, Jose Ramirez, Josh Taylor. Do you look at this fight and the platform that you're on being on pay-per-view on such a big event as sort of a statement fight to those aforementioned champions and saying that you've arrived and you have your case being made for being one of the best junior welterweights in the world? You know, that's... um. That's exactly how how um, how I look at it, you know. I mean, you know, winning this fight, you know. I mean, I I feel, you know, I've you know really proven myself, you know, my past few fights. But uh, you know, this one for sure. I mean, you know, it's gonna put you know all of you know the the world champions on notice, you know, that you know I'm right there. I'm right there knocking on you know the the door, you know, to to be fighting them next. 
Thanks, Mario. Best of luck on September 28th. Thank you. Our next question comes from Cameron Buford with the LA News Observer. Please go ahead. Hey, Mario, this is Cameron Buford. How you doing, big guy? I'm doing good. How are you, Cameron? Oh, I'm well, sir. Um, you touched on it a little while ago. We talked to we talked about it personally, but I want you to explain to the rest of the writers here what this Mexican style boxing means to you, and how does it influence your style, your boxing style, and in, in the job you put on for the fans. Yeah, you know, uh, I feel you know everyone's you know general description of Mexican style, you know, is um is you know sitting there, you know, and um you know, pretty much, you know, just brawling, you know. I mean, of course, you know, the body punches as well. And, uh, you know, just just being able, you know, to mix it up, you know, and to uh, to keep that pressure. And, um, you know, I mean, there, there's no doubt, you know, that, I mean, I, I possess those abilities, you know, as well, you know, as being a boxer. So, I mean, um, you know, given, you know, even even the fight day, you know, close to um, Mexican Independence Day, um, I mean, you know, which is actually, um, what is that? <clears throat> which is actually today. I mean, you know, so it's it's very close, and um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited, you know, to go out there and you know put on, you know, for you know my people, for my city, and you know just the boxing fans in general. Okay, thank you. And considering your opponent, what are you looking for to capitalize against this guy um, come fight night? Um, like I mentioned, you know, he has a great amateur uh, amateur pedigree. Um, so, I mean, he has that experience, but, you know, he doesn't really have that experience in the pros, you know. So, um, given, you know, which Akhmadov shows up, you know, how he chooses to fight, uh, I know that, that I'll be able to adjust and, and use all of the tools that I've learned in my past 24 fights against him. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. And, and Mario, before we go ahead and get ready to let you go, we know you're very excited for your matchup against Batyar Akhmedov on September 28th. It is a big night of action from Staples Center Live on pay-per-view. Final comments, Mario, as you get set for your matchup. Uh, not much. I mean, I appreciate, you know, y'all having me. I appreciate uh, the media, you know, all tuning in, you know, asking their questions. And, um, I mean, and thank you, you know, to all the fans and supporters. Really appreciate it, Mario. Thank you so much. We appreciate him taking the time out of his very busy schedule. And now let's transition and close out the conference call with the champion, a man who is representing his hometown of Flint, Michigan, training in Las Vegas for this matchup, a two-time super middleweight world champion, having previously won the titles of Rosaki Obika, enters this fight on a six-bout win streak, won his title by winning a technical decision over Abney Yildrim in February on FS1. His record, 33 wins, one loss, one draw, 24 wins coming by way of knockout. He's always in exciting matchups. I mean, he literally brings his best and brings everything that he has every single time he steps inside the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the reigning and defending WBC super middleweight champion of the world. Here is Anthony the Dog Durrell. Anthony, opening comments. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Uh, I mean, y'all can start with the questions. I'm just ready to fight. I've uh, been a long camp and a great camp and uh, just ready to get this job done. All right, well, as Anthony mentioned, we're now going to open it up to the media. If you have questions for the champion, by all means. If you have questions at this time, please press star 1. If you have a question at this time, please press star 1. Waiting for callers to join the queue. Our first question comes from John Cutney with Reddit Boxing. Please go ahead. Uh, hi, Anthony. So, um, we were just on with David before. Oh, hey, how's it going? Thanks for coming on. Um, he's been very outspoken in saying that he's gunning for a knockout and he thinks he's going to knock you out, which is surprising to me since you've been in with so many good fighters. You know, knock out, you knocked out Caleb Truex in one round, for instance. You never really seem to be hurt in the ring. I mean, what, how do you view when he says things like that? Do you think he actually believes? What's, what's your take on that? 
Uh, I think everybody going in there and look for the knockout. Uh, does it happen every time? No. But you're going to go in there and look for the knockout. Boxers doesn't get, don't get paid for overtime. So, of course, we're going to go in there and say we're looking for a knockout. That makes everybody want you to knock them out. Uh, that's what I'm going in there for. I'm looking for the knockout. I think I do it every time. And uh, I, I'm ready for the 28th. I'm ready to defend my title and be successful at it. So you've been in with a lot of very good fighters over the course of your career. I just asked him if he viewed you as the toughest fight of his career. How do you rank his, the challenge of facing him compared to the rest of the fighters you fought in your career? Uh, I think I think he's a he's a good fighter. Uh, the toughest, I don't know. I haven't been in there with him. You know, styles make fights. You only can you only can say how the guy is if you've been in there with him. But uh. He's a tough guy. He's a tough kid. He's uh, 22 years old. He's uh, he's going in there to, you know, to take what's mine, and I got to defend my title, of course, and I'll be successful doing that. Okay, one final question. Fox is already talking a lot about Caleb Plant versus David Benavidez. Do you feel like you have something to prove? Do you think to some extent the network is already trying to pretend like this fight has already happened he's already beaten you? I never even heard nobody talk about David Benavides, and if they, if they talked about David, they talked about me too. It's, it's, you know, it is the future. Uh, you know, of course, every, every fighter looks to the future. You know, going in there expecting to win, but I, I, it's a hard test for David. It's definitely hard, and I, I'm going in there knowing that I'm going to win. I know I'm going to go in there and do what I have to do to beat the stories I can do today. Okay, well, thank you very much for your time, Anthony. I'm expecting a great fight. Uh, good luck next week. Our next question comes from Carlos Toro with FIFO News. Please go ahead. Thank you so much, and thank you, Anthony, for being on this call. Really, you appreciate it. You know, when we're talking about a guy like David Benavides, who's this young, very aggressive fighter who's, you know, who has tremendous power, when you look at a fight like that, a fighter like that, do you kind of view that maybe that there, you know, there's still a lot of growing when it comes to a fighter like that? And as a fighter with your levels of experience, do you see that maybe an advantage for you to sort of try to figure out, exploit maybe that inexperience against guys at the world level? I mean, I, I think everybody has power, especially with 10 ounce gloves on. I don't know what kind of power he got. Every fighter he knocked out, he was supposed to knock out. Just like every fighter I knocked out, I was supposed to knock out. Uh, but like I say, that I, I think, you know, Styles make fights at the end of the day. I'm going in there looking for the knockout. I'm going in there doing what I, I need to do to win this fight. If I don't get the knockout, I definitely can go 12. Uh, and, and I'm just prepared. I'm mentally, physically, and, and ready for this fight. I recall, if I recall correctly, there was a point earlier this year where maybe there were some talks about retirement and that maybe you want to end your career with a title win, and now you've already got that title win. Is there is retirement or talks about retirement still somewhat in the back of your mind as you approach your fight, or is that something that you've kind of put uh, put on hold for now? I mean, you don't think of retirement in a fight too big. You think of you think of the fight. You think of the task at hand. Uh, was was I thinking about retiring after the last fight? Of course. Uh, I'm getting older, and and I want to spend time. I can, I'm not getting older enough where somebody's going to come in there and just whoop me or beat me. And I'm going to be prepared, fully ready for this fight, and I can't wait to ha- it happen on the 28th. Thanks, Anthony, and best of luck on September 28th. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question at this time, please press star one. If you have a question at this time, please press star one. Our next question comes from Jeremy with fansided.com. Please go ahead. Hi, Anthony. Thank you for taking the time to talk. Um, Obviously, with age can be a a double-edged sword, whether it's um, you get older, the reflexes aren't quite the same, but at the same time, you have an abundance of experience. How are you going to use your experience to outthink um, David Benavides? I mean, you'll have to see on the 28th. I'm not going to 
So sit here and talk about my game plan. You just have to see on the 28th. I know it's going to be a, a hell of a fight, especially with the guy that, you know, within David Benavidez, he's coming to fight. And everybody knows from my previous fight, this is my last fight. I'm coming to fight also, and that's not going to stop me. Age is nothing but a number. George Foreman did it at, what, 50? Uh, Bernard Hopkins did it at 50. I mean, it's you, you, you do it because you want to do it, and your body is allowing you to do it. So me being this age is not an excuse. I'm going to go in there and do what I need to do to win the fight. You fought some very impressive boxers over the span of your career, whether it's Truex, Jack, Bika, et cetera. Um, where do you think David Benavidez stacks in there based on what he's accomplished so far? I mean, I don't know. I'll have to get in there and fight him. I can tell you better after the fight, but right now, you know, he's a he was a champion. Uh, he he knocked out people. He was supposed to knock out. He did what he was supposed to do. He he went 12 rounds with Gabriel, so twice. And and I just feel I'm so much better. So, like I say, stop like fight. And all the talk is, is, is over with now. It's just a fight. Thank you, Anthony, and best of luck. Thank you. Our next question comes from Gail with Community Digital News. Please go ahead. Good afternoon, uh, Anthony. I had to look this up to make sure I was right. It looks like that you fought at the Staples Center 13 years ago. It's hard to believe it was that long ago. But you're certainly going to be in an arena where, you know, most of the fans are going to be there for your opponent. Does that fire you up? Does it piss you off? How do you use that? I mean, I don't use it no, any other way. It's just him, me and him in the ring. You can't use that. You use that, you, you, you're messing up your game plan. It's me and him in the ring. That's all that matters. And he obviously has a big boxing family. So do you. I asked him this question. I'm going to ask you this question. How important is the family support to you, and what does it mean to you to have them there? Uh, it's very important. My family been there through my whole career. Uh, I've been boxing almost 26 years, so and they've been there in and out, you know, uh, ups and downs, blood, sweat, and tears. So I, I, I'm really thankful for them. Uh, thanks for my wife, my kids, even you know, watch my fights. So I, I'm, I'm really thankful that they're by my side and I got a family that I can depend on. And I just have to ask this. We didn't hear breaking news, did we, that you're going to try to beat B-Hop's record and fight till you're 50. I didn't, I didn't hear anything like that, did I? <laughs> no, you didn't. Not at all. <laughs> just, just checking, but we wouldn't mind. Good luck to you, sir, and uh, all you. the best. Thank you. Our next question comes from Cameron Buford with the L.A. News Observer. Please go ahead. Hey, Darrell. How you doing, sir? All right. Um, you talk about well, it's well known that you got the experience the advantage over Burials in this uh, upcoming fight. How much do you Benavides? Excuse me. How much do you believe your experience will play a factor in this fight? Uh, I think it'll be a big factor. I think I'm a little more polished in that area, and uh, just. You know, go in there and, and, and stick to my game plan uh, and do what I need to do to win this fight, uh, no matter how the win comes, as long as it comes. When when you're fighting, do you de- develop a dislike for your opponent at all, or is this strictly business with you guys? Or with you no, it's business. It's, 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 it's strictly business. There's no personal issues. It's you know, it's 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 business. You know, you're going in there, they're trying to knock you out, and you're trying to knock them out. It's, that's all it is. I have no animosity or anything towards David at all. Uh, I think him and his family are, you know, good people. They're uh, very respectful people, and uh, and that's good. But on the 28th, all that respect goes out the window. Certainly, uh, that's a that's a mature outlook. Uh, with that being said, what are some of the things that you admire about Benavidez's uh, boxing style, if anything at all? Nothing. 
That don't even okay. make no sense. What well, I might as well somebody else in the boxing style. Well, that's that I'm fighting. As, as no a boxer. Nothing. No, as a boxer, the where I was coming from with that, as a boxer, there might be some things, some things that you admire about another boxer. I'm not saying he's better than you or gonna beat you up no. because you admire him. I mean, I'm I'm fight I'm fighting this guy. Why would I admire something about him? Like, yeah, no, okay. I don't admire nothing about. Him. That's that's fair. That's fair. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Our next question comes from Leon Ross with Champ Sides. Please go ahead. Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you now. How you doing, Champ? I'm all right. I can't complain. I want- all right, I wanted to ask you, it's been well documented that David Benavidez has been sparring um, Sean Porter. Do you feel that um, that's kind of a waste of time for him, or what are your thoughts on that um, as far as in relation to your fight with him? You know, I think he sparred Sean one time. Uh, I, I ain't for sure if he's sparring him, firing him, but he sparred him one time. That has nothing to do with me. Sean is five two, five three, maybe. I don't know how tall Sean is, but... Uh, we don't even have the same fighting style, nothing. I mean, Sean can get somebody, but not David, I don't think. But it's firing at the end of the day. You know, you spar who you can spar. And uh, just get the experience, I guess. I don't, like I said, I don't know. Right. And speaking of experience, um, you noted that you have 25 years of experience going back to your amateur days. And obviously, David Benavidez is only 22 years old. Um, what what's the key to your longevity in the game? I mean, this is one of your your biggest fight. You know, it's your most recent fight. Uh, what's been the key to your longevity? Uh, just just uh, fight smarter, not harder. Uh, I think my last fight was a little hard. I made it hard, but you just you just got to fight smarter. Uh, and you know, hit and not be hit. So that's the game. That's boxing. Uh, and and on the twenty fourth, will it be war? A war? It, it might be. Would it be a boxing match? It might be. Like, I don't know. I, I'll have to determine that when I get into the ring. And then my last question is, uh, can you describe uh, what what Flint Strong means and uh, what kind of what kind of energy does that bring into the fight with you uh, being from Flint and being from a long line of uh, great Michigan fighters? Uh, Flint Strong is, is, you know, we're all the city. We're all one. We're all, we all support each other uh, from – from Mateen Clean, Miles Bridges. I mean, I can keep naming. You got a lot of people from Flint. Kyle Kuznan from Flint. You got JaVale McGee from Flint. You got Monte Morris from Flint. You got a lot of these athletes that, that rep Flint. If you see their, if you look at any one of their tattoos, I bet they have Flint on them or A10. I mean, it's just it's just us sticking together as a city as a whole and, and, and trying to make us better. All right. Thank you, champ. See you September 28th. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you very much to Anthony Durrell for taking the time out of his very busy training schedule. I know he is immersing himself, getting ready for his title defense against David Benavidez. Anthony, before we get ready to let you go, if you have any final comments ahead of your pay-per-view showdown on September 28th at Staples Center. Uh, just tune in. If you can't get there, definitely tune in. It's going to be a mega show at the end of the day. The fans will win. The fans are, you know, who we're coming out there to do this performance for, and at the end of the day, they will win. And uh, just like I say, if you can't be there, order it. It'll be a, it's a heck of a card. Thank you very much to the champion, Anthony Durrell. Greatly appreciate also Mario Barrios and David Benavides, and also thank the media for joining us and participating in this conference call. Don't forget, the event goes down on September 28th. It's Fox PBC pay-per-view from Staples Center in Los Angeles, headlined by the anticipated welterweight unification matchup between IBF champion Errol Spence Jr. and the WBC champion Sean Porter. And again, David Benavid is going head-to-head against the champion Anthony Durrell. Also, Mario Barrios against Batia Akhmedov, Jose Cito Lopez, John Molina Jr., a can't-miss night. We'll see you all next week during Fight Week. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your call. You may disconnect at this time.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.